The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Very warm. I'm hot. Oh, baby, you're hot. Oh, wait, sorry. We're in the middle of a five-day, 90-plus degree heat wave. Hello, Ken. All right, hello, Derek. Welcome to Florida. That's okay. Yeah, my I was going to say, I'm right in Florida. <laughs> my niece right now is studying abroad in London. Oh, yeah, my sister lives uh, outside of London. I haven't talked to her yet. I got to see how she's doing. You thought you were warm. From what I understand, they don't even have air conditioning really in, in England. <laughs> yeah, you're saying how Massachusetts doesn't need air conditioners? Yeah, imagine what it's like there. I know. Yeah. So um I think next week we're gonna be doing a San Diego Comic Con recap of anything Star Wars that comes out. Since uh as we're recording as we're recording, I will say happy geek year to you guys. Because tonight's preview night at San Diego Comic Con. Ah. Didn't even realize that it was up already. Yeah. So this weekend. And they gotta do a lot of work to bring Comic Con back up still because they're they're still trying to recover from all the craziness of the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I'm hoping to maybe get Summer back on Weeby Geeks to talk about her experience at Comic Con since this is her first Comic Con. She she's been to one other convention but this is her first San Diego Comic Con mm. so I'll be curious I have yet to go I kind of want to but I kind of don't <laughs> I yeah I think I'm past the point where I want to. I'd like to go more. just so I could check it out. Yeah, I, I want to say I want to go so I can say I've done it once. It's just like I've been to Gen Con. I went to um, Origins. 
I've been to three celebrations. I've been to MegaCon a few times. Going to LeakyCon with the family here in Orlando. Oh, LeakyCon. Okay. It is a unofficial Harry Potter convention. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, so the whole city of Kent here on um, outside of Akron uh, is has something like that where they have a wizarding weekend. Yeah. Well, th- this is a group that does... Um, they do... Um, here in Denver, and I see, okay. I see the transmissions have been cleaned up. Uh, J Seven has gotten onto that and cleaned that up, which eventually we'll hear from J Seven in the future. Uh, but we have on the line with us. Uh, he runs. You'll you'll see him on Instagram, on Facebook at the Cardboard Galaxy, or you could go buy his stuff on eBay. We have Bob for, from Cardboard Galaxy. How you doing, Bob? Hello, can you hear me? Hear you just fine. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I finally made it on here. <laughs> Got through the technical stuff. Well, when the First Order likes to try and crack down, they try their best, but we got the best on top of that. So, Well, good to see you guys. So, um, Bob's got these really cool cardboard dioramas yes. backgrounds. And I, I plan, as I get this the room that I'm in cleaned up some, I've already been talking to him about some, some stuff I want to get. And uh, as I have found more pieces, I got some more more ideas I want to pitch to him and <laughs> see if he can make it. <laughs> um, such as the droid wash from Galaxy's Edge, that little corner alcove. The oh watch. yeah, I would That's love. A I would love to get that. But uh, tell us how you came about creating the cardboard galaxy. Oh, let's see. Um, I've been a lifelong Star Wars collector. First Star Wars toy was R two D two in nineteen seventy eight before I mm-hmm. um, and went from there. Uh, probably the last vintage piece I got was the 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 Tatooine skiff in eighty five. Okay. And at that point, I was really not playing with my toys anymore. And I thought I bought this to have it and kind of got that collecting bug. And so, yeah, went, went, went through, you know, college age in 1995 and the power of the force two came out. Mm-hmm. I started collecting those then. And I've, I've kind of been a collector mm-hmm. ever since then was pretty hardcore in the early years. About 2007, I kind of lost my way. I, I considered myself a, a retired collector since then. But um, at that point, I solidified what my collection was going to be. And I thought I need to have a cool display for all this stuff. So I, I invented these shelves that I put on my walls and um, was sharing them on online, you know, in the, the forums that I was haunting at the time. And everybody loved them. I got commissions to, to make some for other people. And then I started to realize, you know, I can do this. And then I started having kids. So I kind of took a step way back from all that and and did the family life thing for a while. But once the babies were growing up, um, the opportunity came up that I could kind of really try to crack down on, on how this could be a business. It just it completely broke my heart that Hasbro was wasn't doing play sets, wasn't doing anything in that area. Right. And and I wanted to go there. So I started working on on a on a plan for a, a, a huge cardboard Death Star. I had seen one like that Hasbro had been developing and, and I got the bug for that. I, I thought that would be a really cool thing. And if they're not going to finish it, maybe I can try my hand at it. I had the experience of doing the diorama shelves and all of that. And, and so I, I started working on that and failed miserably. But all 
all of the stuff that I learned along the way on that big one, I I came up with things that I could do. I, I found out where that area was and started doing little little step like staircase displays with a backdrop. Started doing like kind of a, a modern take on the Palatoy Death Star, that half circle thing. I was, was going to say the Hasbro one was a variation of the Palatoy, right? Yeah, it was it was um, taller. It was more of a full as far as cardboard walls. It was a circle as, as opposed to a hemisphere. Okay. But yeah, they uh, I started doing those. And as luck happened, it was early 2016. I did a Death Star. I did a Cloud City in that shape. And I did a Yavin Temple. And it, almost as soon as I finished up the Yavin Temple, they released the trailer for Rogue One. And I thought, oh my God, I've got the Death Star and the Yavin Temple. I've already made Rogue One. Yep. So so I spent 2016 making those and sending those out. And, and then the little displays and things. Since then, the, the last six years, it's grown every year. And I've grown as... As you know, learning the skill set and figuring out what I can do and developing my my drawing skills on Photoshop where I create everything. And now we're at a place where this year the, the big thing that I'm doing is uh, it's called a Death Star stack. And I'm doing little mini displays that are 11 by 14 that all have the same kind of balance and, and you can just stack them up. I've got two of them out right now and more are to come. And that's kind of kind of, you know, taking it full circle like it does. Now, do you prefer working in the three and three quarter inch scale or the the black series scale six inch? Oh, I'm I'm definitely a three and three quarter inch guy. Um, I've done black series as I've been able to adapt and and kind of upscale the things that I do. But I one of the things that I always run into is just the the um, the ability to build something that will be solid and 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 hold its structure. Um, six inch is so much bigger that I'm really limited in in what I can do with the cardstock and cardboard that I use. Okay. without getting prohibitively expensive. Once I hit a certain threshold, the, the pages really are 12 by 18 that I can work with and I can build up with those. But once I get much larger than that, it's a process of getting stuff put on, you know, laminated onto, onto thicker cardboard and, and the prices just jump in insanely from there. And at that point, especially in this world of all the 3D printing, I kind of I kind of get priced out for, for the, the value of what I do. Right. Uh- I, I'm going to ask this question to help Derek out here. Would you do backgrounds for like the the vehicles, uh, be it the Star Wars Titanium or the Matchbox or Hot Wheels, whatever? Derek, oh. wh- which vehicles are, who's been doing the vehicles lately? Is it Hot Wheels? Yeah, the Hot Wheels, yeah. And I, I have some of the Titaniums and such. I've thought about that and I've been asked before. The problem I always run into with that is the scaling issue because I can do, I mean, I could do, I guess, space or like an asteroid surface or something like that. But when it comes down to doing a, a say a, a Death Star hangar or something like that, when when you get to those those vehicles, the Millennium Falcon and the Shuttle Tidarium are the same size. So right. what do I scale the backdrop to? One of them's gonna look good, the other one's gonna look off. So I've always had that problem. Now, Jazzwares is coming out with a line where all the vehicles are going to be in scale with each other. Yes. And I might I might be able to work with that. That's got me a little bit excited. Okay. I totally missed that from uh, from when I was that sweet sweet last week. So I have to, have to uh, bug Jazzwares about that. Talk, I believe we've talked about them on the show. Is that the that's the micro set, right? Their new, yeah, yeah. Their new micro, yeah. their equivalent to the micro machines. 
or what they're calling them, mm-hmm. what micro galaxy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have talked about it. I'll just have to reach out to them. Which I actually just got one. I got the troop transport the other day. Oh, very cool. My first. That's awesome. I want them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, now if if they're staying consistent with their scaling from ship to ship, you may have an, a source for backgrounds for for displays. Yeah, I think that would be yeah, a lot be cool to try. We I've never got, done anything that small a scale. Just got to see if they stay consistent. Mm. Um. Now you you talked about collecting as a kid and then picking up again with the power of the force with Kenner right before the the sell to Hasbro. Um, last place that I remember coming out in a cardboard style was the the can power of the force two cantina set that came with the stormtrooper yes. with the with the white print. Yeah, they did that one. They did Jabba's Palace as well. A little cardboard uh, Jabba's Palace. Then I missed the palace and one. I loved them. I loved them to death. What? I guess um, at this stage in the game, now that they're bringing back the or Hasbro's doing the retro line, it for Marvel or or Star Wars. Which do you prefer collecting now? Going back and trying to get the the vintage to add with the retro, or are you still, or are you with the current uh, vintage collection with the modern figure on the, the old style card? I would say I lean more towards the the retro today. That might be different tomorrow. Um, it's it's sparked a lot in me as far as as the collecting and and the the vintage figures. I or the the TVC line rather. I I enjoy, but sometimes the articulation is a bit too much. I like to set them up and forget them. And I am not much of a poser. I am not much. I once or I can tell you, I I got the TVC wedge a couple of years back, and I thought that was pretty cool. And my son is a big wedge fan for whatever reason, and he wanted to play with him so bad. He was about five at the time, mm-hmm. and I handed it to him, and half an hour later, wedge was in thirty pieces. Ooh. You know, his hands were off, his arms were off, his head, his, his helmet was missing, his ankle was broken. It was, you know, I thought, wow, this really isn't a kid's toy. This is not, this is a collector toy. And I think I always lean back towards the, the kid stuff. I loved it in 2015, 16, 17, when we were getting the movie lines with the five POA. Um, like ostracize me from the community if I must. I, I did like the five POA figures and, and the sculpting on them got good. The painting on them got good. So I was sad to see that line go. And I, I pop those in on when I'm taking pictures of the sets a lot, just because it's easy to set them in there. You know, I'm not worried right. about how that elbow is bending to hold the gun or whatever. It's just, you stick them in there. When they started doing those retro figures, I, I, I really enjoyed them. I, I really like that the retro Mando line. I've made a couple of sets specifically to display those collections and they, they've sold well. People seem to enjoy them. And yeah, I'm always looking, looking to do something like that and figure out what the, what the aesthetic difference would be in, in my displays between a retro version and a, a TVC version. And and I'll pop them both out. See, for me, it doesn't, I don't think there's a, should be much of a difference. Um, Less the retro has more of an artsy look instead of a realistic look. Yeah, I did a uh, Navarro Street and I had done it in the TVC style, which was as realistic as I could get it to look. And then when the retro figures came out, I kind of super saturated the colors and added in little bits and pieces from the uh, the original Moss Eisley 
encounter. Okay. The one, the one that came with the four uh, oh, the cantina old, aliens back in 1979. The old Sears. Yeah. I stole details from that to plug into there to really sell it as this was 1979 also. And people really liked it. People enjoyed that one. Okay. So now I know for my retro stuff, I need to look for... Will you go back with with the Navar with the sets if they're designed for retro? Will you notate that they're for retro? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it always says retro. And this so now, year, now I know what to look for. Wave, the second wave of Mando, I did um, a retro style Star Destroyer bridge or Imperial bridge to go with with the new characters because Bo Katan and, right. and some of them, you know, just trying to trying to rack my brain as where where's a good location that we haven't hit yet. And to do that one, I actually found um, some old scans of, I believe it was the, the Presto Magics from back in the day where you yep. rub, the, yep. rub the characters into the backgrounds. They had a great uh, Star Destroyer window set up and I put some computers I think I saw from one of their Death Star setups and I kind of mashed it all together and made it a whole new thing and now it's, oh, cool. now it's the one that I'm selling. You can almost, mod- yeah. you can almost modify that to do the Inquisitor's... Uh- table even oh yeah yeah that actually would be good i gotta think about those obi-wan kenobi ones so again derek i know i've been hogging most of the questions at the moment about Harbor galaxy oh i'm i'm stuck on his instagram right now <laughs> there's some I'm, amazing stuff on here i'm looking at the ebay stuff yeah the stuff on ebay the cool thing is a little light right now <laughs> well unfortunately this is extremely star wars heavy and this is a star wars show but i had to geek out when i saw he has the mcp yes a tron <laughs> mcp playset. yeah yeah i saw that too now to find the old tron figures to go with it well they keep putting them out every so often at least the, the two of them yeah, the mm-hmm. last time I saw Tron, they were they were like a seven eight inch figure. Well, you should be able to get them at the um, park soon, or at least something yeah, let's, let's with the see. new coaster opening. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. So, how do you how do you decide what you're going to do like for your next project? Well, I used to just kind of follow my whims and what I wanted to see. Um, more and more as I've as I've gone on and as I've gotten this large catalog that I, I can't even put up all at once anymore. Um, one of the big factors that I that I do is, you know, what character sets do we have? What, you know, what groups do we have? Right now I'm, I'm working on a, what is basically a third iteration of the, the Star Destroyer deck where we meet the bounty hunters because that's such an mm-hmm. iconic scene that's, that I love doing that. And I want to do one that looks, I mean, I've done it before as the windows and and as, as different iterations of it and as it like a big fold out play set. But I want to do one that kind of looks like really where they were standing. And so, you know, it's it's a very, very specific spot and I'm going to, I'm just going to try to build it up up as as close to scale as I can and and see where we go with that one but also you know I people people ask for Dagobah a lot and I've done a couple of Dagobah backdrops but there's like three characters that go there and so is it is it worth mm-hmm. the space that it would that it would be to to build that up and um right. It's a lot of that goes into it. A lot of, you know, what haven't I seen yet? What, what figures are coming out that are exciting people? What's going on? Um, I'm going to work on a a echo base medical chamber here real soon. That'll be coming up. And that's, you know, we've got everybody that goes in that room, uh, more or less with the Luke. The Luke is actually from the end of the movie that we have, but, but he'll work in there. And, you know, just trying to, trying to, to do scenes that I really haven't seen. Well, there, there, uh, there was a, there. there was a, uh, a set. I, it may have been one of Kenner's last sets. That was the Bacta tank with a yeah. Luke. That, was, yeah, that would had, be a great accessory with that. 
I've had that for what, 20 years now. <laughs> and yeah, definitely that is, that is out of storage and sitting on the shelf right now in front of me because it's, it's the, it's the linchpin for the whole thing. I, it, one that's right. got to fit in there. So that kind of build it, build the room around that. Well, the, the star destroyer set idea is awesome because I actually have an old star destroyer playset that I'm trying to recreate. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get the figures from the, from that scene for the playset, so Vader and the the bounty hunters, mm-hmm. um, couple officers, and and the Star Destroyer commander or the old Death Star Death Squad commander, Death Star commander for it. Um, so anyone that you see in that scene, I, w- I would want to get a couple of the those figures for it. But to to have the the other for because I am building up the vintage collection figures for that as well would be great to, to have the same thing to, to have the same characters for that yeah that's in the vintage collection so you go okay here's the retro here's the vintage that would be cool um when i started one of the very first sets that i did that i i did you know the the kind of stepping displays one of the first ones that that, that i had done was uh the star destroyer bridge with uh, like a four inch bottom that was all the computers and then above that, there was another four inches high of of the windows. And oh my god, that that one was the one that that I sold the most of that first year. Oh, wow. Everybody wanted it, and you know, it's just it's so basic. You can set up the the bounty hunters. You have Bosk's toes sticking over, and you put the the Imperial commanders down there, and there you go. You got your scene. And, and, and that that one really taught me that instead of building displays for figures, that it was that people were going to be more engaged in dioramas. Recreating yeah. the scene rather than just you know steps to display your figures on. Yeah, well, I I know for me, uh, part of my collecting recently has changed to anything uh, Disney related. Uh, working in the parks myself, that's uh, what I had the easiest access to is the the figures based around stuff at the parks. So I know at one point to get to do like a a Star Tours hanger for the Star Tours figs would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we do have a Hondo that is from Galaxy's Edge that's been done in TVC. You know, I get the Force Awakens Chewie or the Last Jedi Chewie to add to that with the Porks. Um, of course, they, they've got that five droid set at Droid Depot, which I've already mm-hmm. talked to you about that background, which would be great. That one was a lot of fun to do. Um, hence why I've also brought up the, the droid bath, because I I have so many other astromechs that I would love to just flood that area with. And, and some Jawas, which we don't have Jawas at, in Galaxy's Edge. I wish we did. At, with the dioramas and as a collector, would you like to see Disney Hasbro do more three and three quarter inch scale Galaxy Edge or Galactic Star Cruiser base figures? instead of the the black series oh yeah i mean i like i said i'm I'm much more of a three and three quarter guy than the black series person but my issue that or my my dilemma is i'm i'm over here in ohio and that's about as far from both disneyland and disney world as you can get so any anything that i get i'm I'm buying off of ebay or you know one of those kind of sellers to try to catch up with what's going on there so i've been very selective as far as what Disney figures I've actually bought in on. I wish yeah, I could I just thought, get them all. We, we may have to Looking talk. through your Instagram, I thought you might have been in my neck of the woods. I'm actually in Akron. Get out. I'm in Akron. Get out of here. No way. That's awesome. Oh. So we'll talk after. Yeah. Oh, we, we'll definitely talk after. 
That is awesome. So I'm gonna have to check out some of this stuff since you're so close. Um, yeah. Actually, I had the next question was um, when you when you started doing this, how did you go about figuring out how um, like the backgrounds and the floors? That's I mean, relatively speaking, that's easy when you're. I mean, it's printing it out when you have it. But when it came to building your shapes and your like your columns and everything, how did you go into like you have some really intricate stuff that for different levels and things? How did you go about designing that type of thing? A lot of that was trial and error and just trusting in, in my instincts as far as how I could design it up. Um, but yeah, for, for everything you see on there, there's there's just as many that didn't work that yeah. had to get reworked. And and sometimes, you know, I took it way too far as far as how intricate it could be. There was a uh, Battle of Crate set that I did to go with the four pack of figures they put out back then that um, I only did a couple of because it was so involved and, and I really way over-engineered it. So I've been finding less is more and, you know, the you got to figure out how to support the stuff up top. You got to figure out, you know, what's what's going to work for the different levels. And and when I run into a snag, a lot of times when I'm trying to fall asleep at night, my brain is is like doing engineering in my head. And there's all kinds yeah. of folding going on in my head until something seems like it works right. And then I got to either scribble it down or remember it for the morning or forget it. And then the next day I think, how did I figure what was it going to be? And I lost it. I think we've all had that experience with uh, various oh, yeah. things. <laughs> I, I've done that with Legos, especially since I've got the, um, the Stud IO program from Bricklink. There's ah. like 3D. It's their Lego CAD program. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there. It's like okay, work on something. Like wait, stop, because I, I I'm getting frustrated. And then go to bed, and halfway through, it's like okay, get up, fire up the computer, fire <laughs> up the program. It's like yes, it worked, or crap, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and then go back to sleep. So, um, what? I know your main focus has been Star Wars, and we have talked that uh, you have the couple Tron pieces. Since Hasbro's been doing the retro um, Marvel, and they've been bringing back the the smaller uh, G.I. Joe stuff, are you branching out towards that as well? Or are you staying focused on more Star Wars? Uh, it, it's mostly Star Wars, but that being said, the retro Marvel figures really, really spoke to me. I was a big Marvel collector in the late 80s, early 90s. So seeing those figures really, really took me back. And as I said, I'm a 5POA kind of guy. So um, I'm pretty much all in on on that on that retro Legends line, the, the, the three and three quarter inch one. And I have done a couple of sets for that. I did a, uh, a city street that looks like it's, you know, comic drawn, it's hand drawn. And I did a uh, one one that's a, a cosmic battleground. It's a basically it was me channeling like the Infinity Wars kind of stuff, the Infinity Gauntlet, which, where it's got a, a big cosmic background, you know, space in the back and sort of an asteroid detail for the base. And I, I was working up um, the top of a building. And like I said, that was one of the ones that, that just didn't didn't come That's through true. just right. But I'd love to have that one because that, you know, so many of the street level vil- or street level heroes and stuff. I mean, they just they need that that New York feel. New York is so much a part of the Marvel figures. Right. Oh, yeah. the Marvel Universe to me. Well, for those smugglers out there, that's what we call our listeners. Um who like the five POA stuff, Super Seven has a whole line of G.I. Joe in five POA with a lot of the original looks of the original characters done in a POA format, in the five POA format. And with that, they do um troop builders too with, with Cobra troops and with with Joe troops, be it Navy or, or Army or uh 
you know, male, female, different races. Uh, same thing with Cobra. Um, different Cobra troops and officers, male, female, different races. So you, you could you could build a you could do a huge army building with them. So so maybe that that's something Bob check out with with their stuff. See how you could possibly incorporate towards those collectors. Yeah, I have I, I struggle with the GI Joe because I I don't think of I don't think of iconic spots. I mean, I watched the cartoon as a kid, but definitely I was a, a Transformers collector at the time and not so much a G.I. Joe collector. Yeah, for main, yeah. for main play sets for G.I. Joe, you basically want the G.I. Joe base. Yeah, which, yeah. They, which they from have. The cartoon, I mean, the cartoon version and maybe the pit also from the car, from the comics either way. And then maybe yeah. like the Terradrome. Yeah, and see, and those are existing play sets. Yeah, although yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a little some of the like, Cobra bases, like the Pyramid and some of those other ones, I don't think were made. No, that's true. Like the one with the big, the, the, the big yellow one with the snake head on top. I'm yeah. Yep. The ones from the miniseries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be so interesting. I think it, you could get like the weather dominator and some of those things you could actually get back in the day. So you could build the play set for, and then that would go right where it's supposed to be. Or, or you could do things like the, the, the battle rooms or the, uh, the hangar bays, armories. Yeah. Yeah. Different, different locations from within the, the base or the pit or the different locations from, from the Cobra base. So definitely a possibility. Um, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little less um a little less variety than the Star Wars stuff, but there's probably some other things you could do too. And as far as uh what you said about Transformers, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I love GI Joe, but I was a big Transformers fan. Still am. And that's a time. Well, you're gonna have to talk to him about designing the arc. <laughs> they did a cardboard arc. They did a cardboard oh, arc did? already. I'm, I'm out uh, of there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hasbro did an SDCC right. one. So with the new series coming out, you know, Skeleton Crew and or um, season two, Bad Batch, uh, season three, Mandalorian, uh, the Ahsoka series. What are you looking forward to uh, for potential product designs? Oh, absolutely! The Andor series. Just seeing seeing the, the trailer for that recently with the with the Imperial Senate, which we've never seen the Imperial version of the Senate before. That just mm. sent tingles up my spine. You know, just that they're paying attention to those kind of details, and it's it's going back to you know OT stuff, which which is definitely my wheelhouse. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to what they put out there. Um, the catch is, what figures are we going to have when when Mandalorian season one came out? They had the 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 breakout episode where he gathered the old crew and they broke his his old buddy out of the the rebel ship i made that rebel ship figuring of course we're going to get all these figures so i made a hallway for that detention ship and and yeah we we've got mando so far Mm. Mm. and and disney gave us an r1 security droid so kudos for that but true but yeah, that's it's it's so tough, especially in the new media. I love all the designs, but what what are they going to give me to populate that? This is true. See, this is why I'm almost thankful for the retro stuff because it's waves of six figures, which makes it easier to collect. Yeah, <laughs> um, when they see them, yeah, then that that works so much better for for a guy like me. But going back to Andor, um, being in that era. I mean, you almost already have the collection of the of the background characters for that. Yeah. So you're going to be able to populate any any area there with stormtroopers, with uh, the Rogue One figures, even. Yeah. So hopefully they've got some really cool set designs there because I, I would love to to jump in and tackle some of that. I'm I'm curious to see what we get with uh, with the retro figures. I, I figure since we're I figure we're going to get a Cassian retro. 
the droid that they're doing at uh, with him in Black Series. I'm hoping we get that same droid in uh, in, in retro. Um, but I, I'm curious to see who else we get. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that show. So, um, so yeah. And, and I think for me too, the Rogue One characters are almost easier to collect now as well out of the vintage stuff than trying to get the others for for theming. Yeah, I agree. So, um, you guys have any other questions about Cardboard Galaxy, guys? Before I get into uh, some good stuff. Well, I was looking at your um, on the eBay store. Does you have um, even more than the, what's just available there, or is that just all the ones you have available at the moment? Because I know that on your Instagram, you can see there's a lot more that you've done, but are those yeah. just sold out, or is that how do you do that? Yeah, usually I re- restock the eBay store on Fridays, and so what we're Wednesday night right now. It's it's looking a little empty. Ah, okay. But I, I try to keep like 30, 30 or so items up for sale, and so like you you won't find the popular ones up there right now. I'd, yeah, the the most popular ones are probably the the ones that interact with the 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 TVC play sets that they've been putting out. The I've got sets that go with the Bespin carbon chamber set. I've got a a floor and archway thing that goes with the Jabba's palace set that they put out first a couple years back. Um, there's a really popular. Um, I, I did the back. I did a, a background for the back of the Tana V4 hallway that they did, which had those. The back has the the plastic pieces that stick out, but it's just completely white and empty. And and I, I did the actual hallway that goes back there. That one sells out every week. Every time I put it up, I'm, I'm making those constantly. Okay. Well, how long, how long does it take you to make them on average? Um. Right now, we're working with a delay because. The economy has messed with uh, cardstock production, mm. and the printers that I use, the, the commercial printers, uh, are under allocation as far as how much cardstock they are allowed to bring in a month. And in May, I bought them out with all the sets that I was making, huh. and I had to had to put things on hold. So we're kind of in a catch up mode right now, and it's it's taking. I'm, I'm giving it three weeks or so with stuff, and then of course in my personal life, we're also moving this this the next couple of weeks. So I've kind of put a even longer hold on stuff on eBay for that. But oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're, we're working through it, and usually usually like in the in the spring and winter, I was able to turn stuff around in a week. I mean, I'd sell it over the weekend, I'd get it printed uh-huh. in the week, and I'd get it sent out by Fridays. That's okay. not bad at all. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Well, before Mike moves on to something else, I had two quick questions. First one was there, um, what's the, since you've been doing this, what what can you think of? First thing that comes to mind that was the um, a way easier set to make than you expected it to be. You thought it would be really a pain in the backside to do, but it, it was actually not that bad at all. Is there anything? Um, um, maybe, uh, last year I did Moff Gideon's cruiser bridge and I thought that that was going to be so intense. And once I cracked the, the shape of the computers in there, then it was easy. I mean, it, it all just came together so, so easy. And, and I found out that I had a lot of elements already on hand that I could plug in as opposed to having to hand draw the whole place. Once I started really looking at the, at the stills from the, the show, I saw, oh, they took, they took that design from Empire Strikes Back. And this one goes back to the computers from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I got that on hand and it all worked really, really well. Nice. Well, then it's the opposite also. What was the most difficult thing you've had to figure out how to do that maybe either just it was the, just a really difficult or it was um, way more surprisingly difficult? Um, the one that really killed me was uh, Death Star Blast Doors. Trying to do that in a in a true 
truly three-dimensional shape with cardboard because they've got the little stubs of the doors sticking out in the corners. Do that right. I was That was one of the ones that kept me up at night. That one I was folding paper a long time in my head trying to figure out how to get those little door stubs to still stick out. And I sold them and it was just way too intense. And a part of my model is I will I'll run a stopwatch while I'm assembling the thing and figure out how long it's taking. And usually the first couple prototypes or whatever, they take a while, but I can get a rhythm to it and I can cut the time in half or whatever. I was expecting to be able to do that when I was making blast doors and they never got easier. It was so intricate in so many pieces. And then as luck had it, uh, I was doing a computer move and a couple of the files for the blast door pieces got corrupted. And I said, you know what? That would be a whole lot of work to redo and it's not worth it. And if I really want to sell this at a price that's worth the time that I'm spending on it, nobody's going to buy it. And so it kind of bid us good night and, and hasn't come back. So I've, I've done simplified versions of it since, but, but boy, that one kicked my butt. You guys have anything else before I move, move along? Uh, not at the moment. Okay. Um, big news out of this week, Star Wars Hunters by Zynga. Yeah, I saw that, and I and I was like, "Oh man, you just broke Mike's little heart." Has been pushed back until 2023. <laughs> oh, yes. I read through that article too, and it basically they just said straight up, it wasn't ready. They're not going to put it out until they're actually ready. Yeah, which well, is fine. Good, at least it's the, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, if they say it's, it's gameplay ready now, great. But if they're not happy with the way it looks, or the, or they're having a lot of bugs with it during uh, beta play then cool hold back wait until it's completely ready where you could put it out and then do a update within a month or within a month after put it out i'm i'm okay with that but it was disappointing to hear 2023 mm-hmm. but it's not that far away as it looks right in 2023 uh yeah they, they haven't specified when in 2023 so it could be january could be december <laughs> december 31st 2023 <laughs> <laughs> they still made it Don't do that to me, Ken. (laughs) Um, Getting back into a collectible story, uh, I think this will intrigue everyone. Uh, With San Diego Comic-Con happening this year as an in-person event, uh, Mattel is there, and part of their celebration is a Hot Wheels Star Wars Razor Crest inspired from the Disney Plus series Star Wars The Mandalorian. Uh, The Razor Crest is supposed to look like it's been made from Beskar steel. They even included a little Beskar ingot in with the set. And to top it off, the set is packaged in a cylindrical Camtono case for collectors. Nice. Yeah, I saw a picture of that. That looks really cool. So this this could be a cool idea as well, Bob, for, for a display for like maybe the first wave of... Uh, or for like a wave of uh, Navarro Mandalorian figures, I have that have that uh, Amtono display form. That would be interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, we were talking about last week how um, Hasbro, the cool thing for them to do would be maybe make an um, updated version of one of the figure cases. The, or the C-3PO, but imagine something like this. You could make actually a Camtono, which is actually a action figure case. They, they are making the, the Camtono available in the parks and they've been selling fairly well and it's it's electronic. So you put in a... Basically an empty box inside? I, I don't know how... Well, what it would be or what they have it as now is you enter a code, doors open, and you can put whatever you want in it. Yeah. But will it make ice cream? Probably not. But the, but the catch is... How would you do it in a way 
for figure display. And that's where I would put in the challenge to, to Bob of creating uh, a cardboard insert as a 360 figure figure slots to put figures in, to, to turn it into a, a carry case. That would be interesting. I'd have to look at the design of the of that Camtono that they're selling to see what exactly I could do to build inside of there. But I, yeah, I, when you say something like that, I immediately picture what, what I call um, the the cupcake stands. You know, you see yep. those at the craft stores. Yep. Yeah. Something like that, that three-dimensional, multi-layered tiers getting smaller. I've always tried to crack something like that as a action figure display. Still has still still a work in progress. I see but, something like that. It can make it look. It can be done as if they're uh, the stands are Beskar. That would be neat. Oh, yeah, kind of yeah. of, um, there's a company called the Broken Token, and they basically uh, they make these wooden inserts for board gaming boxes, especially for your um, more expensive games that have like 57 different uh, 57,000 little parts in it that are all just in the box. <laughs> and they're basically a box organizer. It fits inside the original game box. Yeah, they make them out of um, wood, but it's like it basically be something similar for figures. Well, I fit that Camtono. If I if I end up getting a Camtono, or if I could get picks up or i see one in the parks i'll try and get a bunch of pics of it for sure yeah let me know how much uh, do they sell those for uh i want to say it was under 60 bucks which is not wow. bad it's not bad at all which i i would love to get one i just don't know where i put it right now so um and then i wanted to go through i, I found this on starwars.com it's 25 best quotes from obi-wan kenobi <laughs> So it, it, I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts on these as well as we go through. Uh, I'm going to go, since they have them numbered, I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. So number 25, I was always here, Obi-Wan. You were just not ready to see uh, from Qui-Gon Jinn. Here, here's my only issue with the look of Qui-Gon Jinn as this Force ghost. So apparently when you're a Force ghost, your hair grows. Yeah, I thought it was enough. I thought it was just a little too long. I, th- I don't know. I was I was enjoying seeing it too much to to criticize. I've, I've I, waited a long time to see Qui Gon come back. I enjoyed it, but it, it it did catch me off guard. Of his hair seems too long. It was a thought, but I, I, best kept secret. Liam Neeson back. He, well, see the way they, the way they um, kept that secret was by not denying it. True, because he was calling that he would show up. He'll probably be there. He'll probably be there. But they never confirmed or denied anything. They never said anything about it at all. They just never. Um, they never addressed the rumors. I actually found one interview where apparently Neeson was asked, and he said he and he he was in full denial. No, I'm not in the series. They never even called me. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we know this that actors lie. Oh yeah, they do it the time. Especially he did say he wanted to be in it. Yeah. But we also know too with Lucasfilm. That's that's where all actors are at the little edge of the dark side with the line. Yeah. Just to protect the integrity of the project. And I'm okay with that. Uh, number 24. Hello there, Ben Kenobi. <laughs> okay. I think they used the it quote. in the perfect spot. Yes. Very My son, so. who, who knows the, the prequels mostly through memes, jumped up and said, he said the thing, he said the thing. <laughs> yep. uh, number 23. Goodbye, Darth Ben Kenobi. I don't know if I like him just calling him Darth, but then again, if I remember right, in the original uh, trilogy, in New Hope, he calls him Darth. Yes. Yeah, that he does, yeah. It just doesn't sound right. It's like his name's Darth Vader, and it's weird just hearing someone call him Darth. I've heard Vader, we've heard people call him Vader, no problem. Yeah, because to me, Darth has always been more like a, not a name, but like a... Um, Almost like a title. A title. Well, yeah, yeah, because all Sith Lords are Darth something. Uh-huh. Right. Which, of course, is German for Dark. 
in the case of Darth Vader's dark father. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one, I mean, if this was, if these were ranked, I don't think they are. I would put this higher on the list, um, but I don't think this is a ranked list. Uh, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did Darth Vader, which I love that. And it, and it ties into um, episode four or in, into into Star Wars as, as we grew up with it before it became a new hope. And, and it just helps Kenobi admit, you know, be truthful about Vader killed Anakin. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I'm both ways on this one because it could also, you could also look at it that it um, takes a little bit away from the whole certain point of view argument. True. Because instead of Obi-Wan saying, you know what, from my point of view, from the man I knew, Vader killed him. That's done. But in this, Vader told him he killed Anakin. So it's not him deciding this. It's that, oh, this is what he, this is the way he sees it. And, th- and this is where the series kind of retcons a new hope uh, off and on. Well, the uh, certain point of view is not new hope. Right. But the whole, but taking that point of view yeah. away from what was perceived to to what actually is now presented. Mm-hmm. Just like the comments based around the original battle or that final battle. I think if, if they had left it with when Vader burns Kenobi and that's the last time they meet. That that still would have been okay, but the final battle with the line, you know, in which we get the line, "You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did," uh, changes changes intent of the of the scene, uh, that beginning sequence of the scene in A New Hope. Yeah, I need to um, I need to go back and rewatch A New Hope now that this is out. Yeah, I'll or actually go back watch um, Rogue One and then A New Hope. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, your thoughts on what we we're just talking about? Well, I would say it seems like almost like it it would unintentionally be Anakin forgiving Obi-Wan when he says something like that. He can say he's Anakin's dead. He's Darth Vader all he wants. He's still acting on the motivations of Anakin Skywalker. He threw Obi-Wan into the fire because Obi-Wan didn't save Anakin from the fire. That wasn't a Darth Vader thing. That was an Anakin revenge. Um, mm, hey. when, when he said something like that, the only thing that that, that could do, I, I think he was saying it in a way that you should be afraid of me. But really, if I were Obi-Wan, I would be taking that as he's trying to lessen my guilt about what happened. So it, it, to me, that, that line was kind of confusing. All right. I can see that. To me, it was I saw it as um, him trying to tell Obi-Wan to stop trying to save me. Stop trying to to uh, bring Anakin back in it. Anakin's dead. He's gone. I'm Vader now. There is no redemption for Anakin. Yeah. See, if you look at it from if you look at it from another point though that um that there specifically says Anakin is still there because if he if he had truly killed Anakin he was Vader only he wouldn't even care that what Obi Wan thought about it right but the other thing is when he said that was he telling Anakin I mean was he telling Obi Wan or tell himself that in a way well, you know what I mean point. like. Like he's trying to convince himself. Yeah. I killed Anakin. You think you did, but you didn't because like you guys said, as Anakin, he was still um, after Obi-Wan and everything. And he still, if he had truly killed Anakin, he would have given up wanting revenge on Obi-Wan and everything. And remember, Palpatine actually points that out at the end. He's like, why are you chasing yes. the one? That's an Anakin thing. He's like, you're right, master. I'm done. Yeah. So uh, moving on, I will do what I must. Ben Kenobi. Um, That's just classic Kenobi stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Number 20. I'm just getting started. Uh, that's from uh, 
Colin Roken, where he that, that one line tells me that we're going to see more of him as we see more filled in of the um, formation of the alliance and stuff like that. Um, we've got I would not be surprised at all to see him show up in Andor. Not be surprised to see him show up in Andor. Would not be surprised to see him show up in season two of Kenobi if we get season two. If we get season two, yeah. Which there, there's a good chance I think we're going to get season two. Um, this next line comes from a, a guest we have had on the show. Bonnie Peace herself says this as Baru Lars. We're enough, you and me, when it comes to protecting Luke. Ah, yes. So, uh, say it's a C, true, but <laughs> say it's a C that she she didn't appear until the final episode. But Baru, she was in the first episode. You just it's just from a distance. That's true. Yeah, but Baru's got spunk. Mm-hmm. I, they did that really well. I I really enjoyed I, I that like she was she taking spunk. the lead on all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to think even in a New Hope. Uh, she does that with with Owen also. When Owen's berating Luke and Luke gets ticked off and walks away, Baru's like, "Wait!" And, and she um, told, uh, not quite put him in his place, but she put him in his put Owen in his place. Said, "Hey, Owen, you can't keep him here. It's not going to work." Yeah, but, right. but just the you know the fact of you know her her defense abilities. Well, uh, she's a terrible wife. Just like what you would think of um, in uh, in our own uh, American history, women in the frontier were fighters also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they knew how to shoot a rifle. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but it, it, it almost seemed like with, with the way you know she had traps laid out and everything else along the routes that well, she she had more of a military background than, than she actually does. And I think it's great. I don't know if I'd go military, but we remember from Definitely episode survival. three. Uh, yeah, it, look at episode three. Tuscan, uh, Tuscan attacks was not uncommon. True. So the Tuscans would raid the village or raid the ta- um, homestead. You got to be ready to defend yourself. Yep. So you know where the choke points are because right? they're going to get in. There's too many of them to stop from getting into the building. Yep. Right. Otherwise, you wind up like me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or Cleek. End up with no legs. Or missing a leg. <laughs> uh, number 18. Revenge does do wonders for the will to live, don't you find? The Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> As he reveals himself to a wounded Reva. I want to know what's so special about the Inquisitors. Because uh, lightsaber to the gut killed Qui-Gon. How'd they survive it? I know, right? <laughs> I Again, I think it was the, the will to live. With Qui-Gon, yeah. I, I don't think he had, after that battle, when he was killed... I don't think he, well, it may have been where he was stabbed too, but I don't think he had much of a will to live. Well, rumors say that um, the Grand Inquisitor, his race actually has two stomachs or something like that. Yeah. Which was then out for them. But then again, this is not the first time something like it. The will to live line there fits all the way back to just the dark side in general, I think, because Darth Maul was cut in half. It fell down a bottomless shaft and still survived. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. And and, and it was revenge. The dark (laughs) revenge fuels the dark side, and it's worked for both of them. It worked for Reva, even. Yep. Uh, number 17, you're a great warrior, Anakin, but you need to prove yourself, but your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is from when we, we see them in the sparring room, which I wish we saw more of this in the series. Yeah. This is kind of how I was hoping we were going to see more Obi-Wan and Anakin or Ewan and, and Hayden was more right. in this. This is what I've heard a lot of people online talking about this, how they spent all that money to um, de-age Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker and do these other ones to make them all work for the time. You watch this, and that's a current... That's a current Hayden. 
<laughs> Couldn't have de-aged these guys just to, to make them match the time period they're supposed to be in? No, apparently not. Nope. I didn't have that problem with it, but... Uh, number. Oh, I love the sequence. And, yeah, and I, was, I was surprised that the eight... all weird. Go ahead, Derek. I was just going to say it was a little weird seeing them, you know, <laughs> look a little older. It was fine. I, I went with it. I, I, I will I will admit that didn't bother me as much as the length of Qui-Gon's hair. Like <laughs> I mean I, I knew I knew there was a, I knew they had aged some, but uh, it, it was one of those it's like uh, okay, I can let this go. You know, it it, it doesn't draw as much attention to me. Then all of a sudden Qui-Gon's hair is like, seems a little long, but okay, I, he's back. This is cool. That's an odd thing to uh, well, you got you know me long enough. It's odd if it's right up my wheelhouse. The way uh, I feel about that, uh, cutting cutting back and forth between older versions of them from the Attack of the Clones era, but doing it in the twenty twenty two Obi Wan Kenobi show is much more forgivable than were they trying to insert those into the old movies. That would be yeah mm, yeah. yeah. Then you'd you'd really have to work the de aging. But as far as it was here, it was you know yeah. isolated and 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 kept to itself. So it worked for me. And yeah. uh, to keep it with you here, Bob, the, um, you actually made this set already, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That's a little bonus thing that I put on there for the Instagram and uh, Facebook followers. They can order that now. So if anybody wants to get on there, the Cardboard Galaxy on Instagram, and I, I sell it for I'm selling it for ten dollars. I'm gonna close off sales in a little while. Uh, you know, probably next week and then get them printed out and send them out to everybody. It's a quick, easy one. It was a lot of fun to do. I I, I really enjoyed that scene and we got those two brand new figures re-released in 2022 from uh, Hasbro. So I figured, yep, this is the this is the place to do it. Very cool. Uh, number 15, while you were where were you while he was killing my friends, Reva? Man, this entire movie, there um, people are making really good digs at Obi Wan because mm-hmm. there's another <laughs> one farther up on the list that was like the biggest one. Uh, number fourteen. Some things you can't forget, but you can fight to make them better. From Tala, See, I would have loved to have seen a, a retro figure of her. Hopefully, in wave two. Hopefully, they'll do a second wave from Obi Wan. Maybe, but they, I don't know if they will or not because it's a obviously a one-off character. So, she was important to this show, but that's it. So is and Ned. Ju- so is Ned B. Yeah, Ned B. Got a retro figure. They made droid. A droid. He's, he's he's automatically an army builder. Yeah. Um, number thirteen. I do like a good liar. Uh, Reva. Uh, it's the first time she sees Tala. Uh, number 12. Is this a staring contest from Leia? Which I loved her cockiness in this. Yeah. Yeah, she was a you, lot of fun. You can see in a, in a line like that, all the little quips and stuff from A New Hope. Yep. The actress who played her was really good. Yes. Loved her. Can't wait to see her in more stuff, whether it's Star Wars or other projects. She's going to be she's going to be a great actress. Um, I am what you made me, Darth Vader. Mm. This is from part three uh, where he burns Obi-Wan. Perfect line. Perfect line. Which that whole I I had no issue with that whole interaction of, of Vader and Kenobi in the series. That was perfect. You made me and then I, I'm going to turn around and make you feel what you put me through. It was great. Yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, just the fact that, you know, when you really watch Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader's an anti-hero. He's not a villain in those. The only people he's beating up are the bad guys, his, his subordinates and all that. <laughs> but here in, in that episode, we saw him kill a little kid for no reason. We saw him beating up villagers. Yep. 
we so, saw we saw him grab Obi-Wan and, and I, I I could not believe that when I was watching it, that that he was so petty as that was his focus. Rather than just killing him, rather than just ending him, he wanted to make him suffer the same way he did. Yep, was, right. uh, it just it twisted my heart. I thought, I don't like this guy. And and I felt, you know, it wasn't even that I was scared of him so much. It was I felt bad for him. I felt like, you know, he's he has never grown up. He is yeah. still such a yeah. little, little punk. Yeah. I'm going to try and get through the rest of these uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, number 10. Thank God we only got 10 left. Uh, Quinlan was here talking about Quinlan Voss as from uh, from Ben. This was really cool though because Quinlan's been getting a lot of um, this matches in with. Have you been reading um, Star Wars Brothers Brotherhood yet? Not yet. Quinlan has a little nod in there. They're looking across the hangar. Quinlan's getting and they, they mentioned Quinlan Voss is getting into, or like gives him a nod and just getting into his ship. Well, so he just show, showed up that he was across the hangar there. So he's getting a lot of um, references right now for some reason. Well, apparently. <laughs> You know, a Voss being a Jedi who really didn't see eye to eye with a lot of other Jedi. Um, you, you can sense Obi-Wan's relief that he survived Order 66, or at least to this point. Yeah. He, he knows he survived Order 66. Is he still alive? We don't know. Um, number nine, have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does you... How does you feel when you turn on the light uh, from from Ben? Uh, and this is as he's trying to um, explain the force to, to Leia. That's a great. That's a great way to explain what the force is, yep. or how what the force feels like. Uh, number eight, he's alive. Obi Wan, Anakin Skywalker is alive. Coming from Rava. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Look, I've made some bad decisions. Sure. Do I feel bad about it? Sometimes. Do I like credits? Yeah. As Haja Estri. And that's explaining his entire character in one line. Yes. And I yeah. loved him. I want to see more of him. Um, I'd rather be digested by a jackal beast from Leia. Just another one of those little quips. Yep. And this is uh, Leia being aghast at the idea that she should apologize to putting her cousin in, in, in his place. Like, oh, no. <laughs> stay, stay right there. Keep it going. But I love how the outfit they show in this picture is kind of reminiscent a little bit of her Bespin outfit. They did that all throughout the series. Yeah. Styles with her clothing. Yeah. Very, very Alderaanian style. Style, uh, style to things. Um, I am not who I used to be in Kenobi. Referring to the changing of his name. Uh, and, it, and here, this was early. This is from part one. And he's still struggling with the remorse of the of he thinks the death of his apprentice and dear friend. So, oh, yes. um, from Bail Organa, number four, there are many ways to lead. You just have to find yours, which is very great. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. words to lead. Knowing that that's what she's being taught, that kind of explains her leadership style when she um, becomes an adult in the Alliance. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number three from Owen Lars, like you trained his father. Another great jab at, at Ben. Yeah, yeah, that's the better. That's the best jab in the whole thing about it because that one hurts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number two, I've got a tribe to feed. Tika, I like Tika. Yeah. And then uh, number one from the Grand Inquisitor, the Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of true. And, and in that yeah. one line, you find you figure out the um, it kind of makes sense why the Inquisitors are 
able to destroy or to catch and kill so many Jedi. Yep. Yeah. It makes sense. If you've ever, um, especially if you start reading into some of the expanded universe and stuff that, um, because in the movies, you're limited to the two hours of a movie. But we expand the stories out and see the Jedi actually trying to help people and stuff. You can't just turn that off. And you see what happened to Obi-Wan when he does turn it off. Yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Uh, have you guys seen the uh, the meme that's been going around about uh, Leia when she was at dinner with her cousin there and he was being kind of a jerk and then he said he was from Dantooine <laughs> and then the next picture is her on the Death Star telling them that the real base is on Dantooine. <laughs> I have not seen that, but that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Made me laugh. Let's continue throwing digs at your cousin. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Well, my final thought is uh, tell Bob, thank you for coming on and talking to us about Cobra. This is awesome, man. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is very much so. How can people find you? Um, Facebook, Cardboard Galaxy, um, Instagram, The Cardboard Galaxy, all one word. eBay seller, The Cardboard Galaxy, all one word. That's where you'll find me. Excellent. And on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I lost R2!